Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am so glad you are here with me again this week. How is it possible that today is September 1st? I have no idea how this year is going by so quickly. And if you've been listening to me over the last few months, you know that I'm preparing to take my youngest daughter to college and we leave in 11 days. Ah, I have no idea how time is going by so quickly. It just seems to be slipping right through my fingers. And pretty soon I'm going to be an empty nester, which on one hand is really great, but on the other hand, oh, it's going to be really sad and a big life change. So you'll be hearing about it throughout the podcast. But it was one of the reasons why I was so grateful to have the conversation I had today with my next guest. And my next guest, her name is Maddie DuPont. And I'm so thrilled for our conversation. You know, when you meet somebody and you just have this instant connection. I met Maddie at a 4th of July party at my business partner's house, Lori Tab, And we just had this great connection. And I loved everything she was sharing. And I instantly asked her, Maddie, can you please come on my podcast? I think you have so much wisdom and so much knowledge to share with my listeners about your personal transformation and the transformation that you're helping others achieve along the way as they really enjoy the journey of their leadership and their lives. And as you know, I'm a consummate learner. I've shared that on the podcast before. And Maddie shares so much wisdom. And I love having these conversations with people that I get the opportunity to interview on the podcast because I take so much away from the conversation myself. As I'm interviewing, I'm always thinking about how how does this not only reflect for my listeners, but how can I implement some of these things in my own life? So let me introduce you to Maddie. Maddie DuPont is the founder of Hometown Yoga. She is a yoga teacher and a yoga coach. And what she does is she helps career professionals become re-energized in both career and in life in general. And she does this through yoga and yoga philosophy. What I love about Maddie is she really draws on her background of almost 20 years in yoga and combines that with her 30-year background working in corporate for well-known companies such as Disney, Hallmark Cards, Newell Rubbermaid, Universal Studios, and the Jim Henson Company. She's an expert at helping people evaluate their career and thinking about making a change because she's done it herself. So I encourage you to listen to the podcast with two frames of mind. One is really pay attention to Maddie's transition story because I know that's of interest to a lot of people. How did she transition from being in corporate to owning her own yoga studio? It's such a fascinating story and I can't wait for you to hear Maddie share it. And then secondly, this connection between yoga and leadership. What is it that we can learn about ourselves and our personal leadership when we're on the yoga mat? Trust me, I have so much to learn in this area. I am one of those people who I want to kind of get to the end result. And I find sometimes yoga, it, it forces me to slow down. It forces me to focus in on progress and those small steps because I can easily watch the person next to me doing some crazy headstand and think, why aren't I there? 
but I'm I'm comparing my first chapter to their 10th chapter. And so there's so much for me to learn. And I can't wait to get into the studio with Maddie and have her help me with some of those lessons. And Maddie has been so generous to offer all of you, my listeners, a free class. So I really encourage you to do it. Her yoga studio is in Los Angeles, not too far away from the airport, kind of in the Playa Vista area. So use the code free class when you go to checkout on her website. And you can use that code to either register for an in-person class or for an online class. And Maddie also has a webinar uh, masterclass that you can sign up for as well that talks about some of the leadership lessons from the yoga mat. And you can register for that as well. And the link to that is in the show notes. So really encourage you to do that. And if after listening to this, you realize, you know what, I really do need to make an investment in myself. I need to have some downtime. Maddie's story is so inspirational. And if you find yourself saying, you know what, I need to really be intentional about my next steps. I need to take some time, relax, maybe do some yoga, and be really intentional about what's next for me then I really highly suggest you sign up for the retreat that Lori Tab and I are putting on. We're launching our first ever in-person retreat at the beautiful Terranea Resort in Rancho Palos Verdes. And we really recommend you do it. It's October 8th through the 10th. I will also have the information about that and how to sign up in the show notes. I've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. And it just really is a place for you to be super intentional and to get the support of amazing women and be in community with other women, but also take that downtime that each of us needs so desperately and we so rarely take for ourselves. So highly encourage you to check it out. Like I said, I will put all the information in the show notes. You can log on to the website and learn everything you need to know about the retreat. And I'm always available, whether it's through email at natalie at corecreationcoaching.com. You can DM me on Instagram at Natalie Baron Coach, or you can also reach out to me via LinkedIn. And I hope to hear from you soon and would love to see you at the retreat. So until then, let's dive into my conversation with Maddie DuPont about leadership lessons learned on a yoga mat. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Maddie, I'm so grateful you are here today. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. So thank you for being here. Thanks, Natalie. I appreciate it too. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you know, we connected and started talking about yoga. And then we got into talking about your career history and how it ties in with yoga and the lessons you've learned. And I said, Maddie, I have to have you on the podcast. So I'm so grateful you're here and would love for you to just share a little bit about yourself and your career history. 
I got my undergrad in advertising, my MBA in finance, and I wanted to be well-rounded. That's why I did both sort of different kind of degrees. And then went straight to Hallmark Cards. From there, Disney, uh, Newell Rubbermaid, Universal Studios, Jim Henson Company. So a lot of different corporations you've heard of and some that you haven't along the way. But after practicing yoga for 12 years, discovering it sort of in the middle of the career, I completed teacher training and became a yoga teacher. And now I'm a full-time yoga studio owner, yoga coach, and yoga teacher. That's incredible. Well, so first of all, you work for some big name companies, you know, Disney, Hallmark, Newell Rubbermaid, Universal Studios, Jim Henson Company. I mean, that's incredible. I'm curious to know, what are some of the leadership lessons you learned along the way in your journey? Yeah, we all learn a lot of lessons, right? Through um, usually the challenges that come up. <laughs> right. I, the first lesson I learned was it's not just about results. I grew up and, of course, went to school, was hired in this job thinking they want results. And I was in a, I was actually in a numbers job. So, you know, you saw the numbers. And I was told by my boss's boss that I was like a steamroller and I was too vintage. And that, well, I cried. (laughs) You know, was devastated that day. (laughs) Right. We're not supposed to get results. I I was lost. Um, Isn't that what I was hired to do? So, but what I've really learned now is that, you know, I was zapping the team's energy. I didn't realize I had that effect on them. I just felt like we were all on the same page and we were all going after results. And uh, now from what I know about yoga philosophy and, you know, over the years, it's not so much, you know, the desire to achieve results. That's important. But it's attaching results to our well-being. A lot of career-minded professionals were driven, were achievement-oriented, and we can get to the point where we're so focused on achieving the goal that we're not even present, where we we actually are operating out of fear a little bit. What if we don't achieve the goal? Um, And when we're in that place of not being present, we we actually do suffer, our results actually do suffer because we're not all there. We're not fully present and engaged. Our creativity isn't there in the same way. And so it's this strange dichotomy where you're focused on results and you end up getting less results by that focus. Does that make sense? Because it was it was a hard lesson to learn and it's still something I have to say, I'm attached right now and I need to let go. And And sometimes you too. You're so focused on the way you think things are supposed to play out or that you want them to play out that you miss something even bigger or how it could work. Uh, yes. I, I, I completely agree with you. And I think I think I I struggled with this in my corporate career, but I think I've struggled more so with this as I've launched my entrepreneurial business and um, have been attached to the results because now it's my baby, right? Now it's my business. And that's why I'm so thrilled to have this conversation with you because it's something I'm still working on. I would say I've gotten better about it, but it's something I've had to be like, stop and take that pause. You know, I know you know my business partner really well, Lori Tab, and that's how we got connected. And those are conversations that I have to have with Lori. It's like, 
you know, I need to stop and we need to really acknowledge like what we've created and where we're going and what we've done and be grateful for that. And, you know, we're, we're pushing so hard because we have such big goals and such a big mission that sometimes we just want it all right now. And there are those moments where we have to, you know what, we've got to really enjoy the journey. And like I said, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I love this intentionality and this connection that you make with business, leadership, and yoga. I think it's so fascinating and there's so much to learn here. So I'm so excited to unpack this conversation today. Yeah, when I when I got into teacher training and we were really getting into depth into yoga philosophy and I'd been practicing yoga for a while and a lot of the tips and things come up in classes and you do learn a lot about yourself just by how you are on your mat. And uh, But the philosophy, I was just... I was amazed at how much there is that has been known for 5,000 years. And I was in my 50s just getting clarity on some of these things or opening my eyes for the first time. A lot of people find this stuff way earlier than I did. But for me, that's that's when it was right for me. That's when I was open. I was ready to open my eyes. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you bring up a good point of we're never we're never too old to learn something new. And as long as we're open to it. And so you kind of going back to this feedback that you got, what did you do with that feedback? I went into therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And what did you learn in therapy? (laughs) No, I, I did learn that, that not everybody is like me. Um, cause I, I just assumed everybody was focused on the goals and it didn't really matter how we all felt about the process in my mind. So I, I just, learned instantly that everybody has a different approach. And I worked with a lot of creative people at Hallmark and at Disney and applause throughout my career. I worked with creative people and creative people. And I don't want to, there's not stereotypes, but a lot of times they are a little more sensitive about maybe how a topic is approached if something needs to be changed or, you know, or whatever, but it doesn't have to be creative people. Everybody's different in how they receive information, how we all want to achieve and do good things. And usually if we're in a job, especially working for amazing companies like Hallmark at that time, it's, it's a little bit different. You know, the industry has changed a lot since I was there in the 80s. But at that time, it was the top 10 company, one of the top 10 companies to work for in America. And then Disney, of course, which is still up there, you're working with top-notch people. I learned that it's the process and the, and the results are important. You need to keep them in perspective and you don't want to lose sight of the present moment and enjoying where you are today, just like you said. Yeah. Well, and I also love what you shared too around the insight that sometimes we can be so focused on the goal and the results. And we think that the faster we get there, the more we're going, going to achieve. And I love the insight that you shared about, you know, sometimes when we're in that mindset, we're in that mode of operating. That we're missing out on not being engaged. And by not being fully engaged and fully present, we're missing out on bigger opportunities. Yes. And bigger possibilities, which seems counterintuitive to like getting the results really quick, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're focused. We think that's, you know, when we're going to be happy. We think we're going to be so happy and a lot <laughs> we are for a moment. And then there's a new goal and we're off chasing that. How long do we even celebrate when we set a goal and we achieve it? How long do we celebrate? Are we actually already 
setting the next goal before we even actually get there. We know we're getting there. So now we're looking here and now we're looking here. We're never actually satisfied if we're looking for happiness externally is one of the big secrets of yoga. And it makes you think, wow, if I'm never going to actually get there to that place where I'm truly fulfilled by achieving some goal or I don't know, finding that perfect partner, whatever all the goals are in our life for happiness, what, what does that mean for us? Well, it means, first of all, that life is a journey. Yoga is a practice. You always hear it. If you get into any yoga classes, they talk about it as a practice. You're never done. You never get there. There's always something more. But the true happiness we'll find, and yoga philosophy will talk about it, is actually inside of us. And when we're moving towards our light, we're growing and happier. Sometimes we lose sight of that, or actually a lot of us lose sight of that um, because our parents give us goals and they have ideas for what we should do. Our society has ideas and each person is different. And that's why you can't, there's no one process, no diet, no anything that works for everybody. You have to look inside to see what is working for you out of the many choices we have in our daily lives. Yeah, I appreciate everything you're sharing. And I have a question for those people who, because I, I, I deal with so many people that say, I don't know which path to take. So kind of going back to what you're sharing of, what do you say to people who don't know what lights them up? And like, you know, how do they find that light? What if they've tried work, they've tried relationships, they've tried earning money and whatever that is, they don't know which direction that that's going to light them up. What do you share? What do you have to say to them? Sometimes you have to go back in time because usually as a kid, you were lit up about different things. I have to think back. Sometimes we've, you know, buried those memories. What were some things that made you happy? back then. And, you know, I had one client that told me that she used to love to sing and she hasn't sung in years. She's going to take some singing lessons. I mean, who knows where that will lead, but also dance. She loved to dance and she wasn't dancing. You know, she, she had no dance in her life. She was working lots of hours of every day. And the interesting, interesting thing about this client was when she came to me, she thought because she was so burnt out that she was probably going to quit her job and switch careers or switch jobs or do something. That she, that's what she was thinking. And after going through some of the, the yoga philosophy and getting a practice on track, she realized she doesn't have to quit her job and she makes good money, you know, so it can be stressful to quit a really good job <laughs> sure, to financial security or any other reasons that, that you might want that job. She realized that she could bring happiness into her life there were some things about her job that she worked with her management to change and they changed. And then there are some other things she needed to do to carve out time for herself that she took steps to do. And it made all the difference in the world. Yeah. And I like that you talk about, you know, that she, you know, needed sing singing and creativity and dance in her life. Because I think sometimes we put this unrealistic expectation on either our spouse, partner, or our career, that those are going to be the things that absolutely fill us up. Those are going to be the lights in our life, right? Yes. And 
being divorced as I am and now remarried, I can say that, you know, I'm absolutely fulfilled by my husband, but I no longer need that fulfillment to make me happy. Like I'm fulfilled by him, but that's not the source of my fulfillment. Like my source of my fulfillment is within me. But I would say for a long time, I thought it should have been my career and it wasn't. And I'm also fulfilled now by my career. Absolutely. I love what I do every day. And um, I'm so filled up by it. But again, I've I've gotten closer to finding the light for me. But I also, I love dance. So I'm, I'm laughing that you brought that up because I also love dance. And when I get away from dance or music, I notice that I'm not as happy. And I've noticed that I need those things. And so I think sometimes we think that we need to completely you know, scratch everything and blow up our life and go from being a corporate career exec to being a chef when maybe you just need to take cooking classes and maybe you just need to do those things as hobbies instead of feeling like you need to completely blow up your career, right? Yes. And because it is a journey and a process, you that act of taking singing lessons or taking a dance class may lead to something where it becomes your career, but it happens naturally and organically because you're following your light. It's not, like you said, blowing things up and expecting this next thing that you move into to fill all your needs. And it's interesting that you brought up the relationship thing. I was also married and divorced and I thought he was the love of my life when I met him. And, you know, I was 23 and everything was going great. I worked for Hallmark. I had an MBA. I had an amazing husband and we were, you know, living the life. And so was I done with life? (laughs) (laughs) Challenges come up and I I actually wasn't, didn't know how to deal with challenges because I hadn't really had too many of them that, you know, that I couldn't fix when I was younger. And so actually probably that that statement from my boss that sent me into therapy was one of the first things that made me back up and go, wait a minute, everything's not working perfectly. But I was single for years uh, after that divorce. And when I met my current husband, I was already fulfilled through yoga or getting done, but I was already in my yoga journey. I was teaching. I hadn't opened the studio yet that hadn't hadn't come along yet. I was cons- I think I was still consulting and teaching, but I was in a very good place and that's when I met my husband and now it's been 5 years and we're doing great. So it, it's interesting when you start to follow your light and you start to be open, observe the things that do make you happy because a lot of times we think we know what makes us happy, but are we really paying attention to what's happening in our heart, in our emotions? Yeah. Yeah. put those emotions down, especially if they're negative, all through our career or, I mean, all through our life, do we get to a point where we don't even know how we feel? We have to be in a place where we're following those things and being open to what the challenges are bringing us and how we can learn from them and grow instead of, you know, a lot of times when something bad happens, like COVID, we were all going, oh my gosh, what's going on? How, what, you know, are we going to get it and die? <laughs> you know, so, right. Challenges. And some of us, it affected financially. Some of us actually did get sick. Some, you know, had other challenges of being home by themselves all the time. Maybe they're single and they're in an apartment by themselves. So we all had different challenges, but how can you grow from them? Can you, can you be sort of sad for a little bit and then go, okay, what am I going to do? 
with most any challenge at some point. We need to feel what we need to feel. If there's pain, if there's sorrow, if, you know, whatever it is, we don't want to just push it down because it's stored. These, this type of energy is stored in our body. If we keep doing that, it can become disease. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned COVID because I think it's a great segue into something I wanted to chat with you about, which is in COVID, we all had a different journey, right? So like you mentioned, some people, it was great. Um, they were excited to be home with their families and spend more time. Other people were alone in their apartments. Some people got sick. You know, I personally had a, a great experience during covid um, felt really connected to my husband and had him home and my kids home and it was good for us, but I know a lot of people suffered. And so we all had this different journey. And I guess I'm curious because I haven't taken many yoga classes. I am looking forward to coming to your studio, but the few classes I've taken, while I can sometimes be focused in on myself in a certain pose and I think, oh, wow, you know, I notice I'm getting a little stronger. I notice I'm doing this a little bit better or a little bit easier. And then all of a sudden I look at the person next to me who is completely like doing a headstand and completely doing something that I can't do. And then all of a sudden I feel like, oh, well, I'm not as good as them or I'm not as far along as them when maybe they've been practicing yoga seven years or 10 years longer than I have. And I'm in a beginner class. But how do we how do you use a yoga perspective to help with a comparison-itis when our journeys are all so different? And that's the thing. We can use our yoga mat as a laboratory for our life because how you do anything is how you do everything. If you're looking around the room at who's better than you and feeling bad as a result, you're probably doing that in life too. Looking around people who are more successful in their career, making more money, whatever it is that, you know, and mm -hmm. the thing is, is there's enough abundance for all of us to be successful. We should be cheering on and, you know, those people and not letting it bring our energy down. Because when we bring our energy down, that's a lower vibration, which then we attract lower vibration energy to us and it becomes a, a self-fulfilling philosophy. I like to tell people in yoga classes that everybody was a beginner once and we all remember it. We all remember being a beginner. And a lot of times when we're judging ourselves, which means we probably do that in our life. And we also, it probably means we judge others as well. And usually when we're judging others, we, it's because we judge ourselves. I tell people they were a beginner once too. They remember. And for the most part, we're usually more focused on what other people think about us than they are actually. They're usually into their own mind about they're doing and maybe even that person who's really good may be upset with themselves because they didn't do it as well as they normally do it. So it is the yoga practice is an extreme journey and you can look at yourself, how you are, how you show up on your mat. You can learn. Mm -hmm. The yoga teachers will say, and th this is what would get me thinking, if you usually like to go really fast and you know take it really hard and make sure you do every single chaturanga or push up maybe you should back off for a class and do a little bit less. See how that feels. Try it on. And it does make you think, oh yeah, I kind of do that in my life. I really attack life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn launching my career, my second, my 2.0 career is patience. 
So yes, I, that message would be heard loud and clear by me if I were in that class. Um, because it has been a lot about patience, right? And patience and giving myself grace and acknowledging myself along the way. And those are hard things to do sometimes, to be really present in the moment and be grateful for what I am doing instead of what I'm not doing. And isn't it interesting? You're aware of those things that you do need to stop and acknowledge how far you've come and and to take a moment to enjoy where you are, be in the present moment and enjoy it. How about those people who don't know that yet? They're just out there making stuff happen, focused on the end result or whatever they're focused on, but knowing that they'll be happy once they get there to some future state. But the thing is that future state never comes back to, you know, then when you get there or before you get there, you already want some other future state. So you're still never there. <laughs> you're ne- so you're never happy. No, exactly. Exactly. And I know one of the things that you and I talked about as well is getting really clear on your why. So can you share with us a little bit about that lesson, leadership lesson, and how it uh, connects with yoga as well? Yeah, I, I guess uh, it's it's a whole thing now what what in the what ni- late 90s or Simon Sinook has, has made what's your why a big deal. And Mm-hmm. I think a lot of corporations spend time on this. Uh, a lot of leadership training might spend time on this. But back when I was at Calphalon and when I left Disney to go to Calphalon, which is part of Newell Rubbermaid, I didn't know anything about that. I just knew I wanted to be a vice president of marketing or I knew I wanted to be up the ladder somewhere. And so I wanted this job of vice president of marketing for Calphalon had a staff of 50 spots, 50 plus. And I was very um, seduced by that, even though I had to move to Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> oh, geez. Hate <laughs> Toledo, and they were right. When I got there, it was Toledo. It was pots and pans. And, you know, being a home chef can be really fun for a lot of people, but I was not one of them. I wasn't a home chef and I didn't have time to cook because I was working every minute of every day and I had no time for myself. It was basically a life of being a robot. So the fact that I left something, I left Winnie the Pooh and Mickey Mouse and and now I was working on pots and pans and I hadn't even thought about the fact that the product I worked on might affect how I feel, how I show up, and whether I can get excited about what are the things we're doing. And so as a leader, you want to make sure you are aligned with the organization that you work for or for yourself, if it's your own business, for the goal that you're going after. And for the people who work for you, you want to make sure they're bought in, that they feel like they're doing something that's worthwhile, that makes sense, that dovetails with who they are. And when you do that, you can get through so much more because when, you know, no matter what, whether you're working in a fantastic job in, you know, the, I guess the perfect job, there are things that are going to come up and you're going to get sucked into daily stuff. I know here with the yoga studio, I have to do finance stuff and enter receipts, <laughs> order toilet paper. I don't know. You know, there's right. just things that you never thought about when you were saying, that's what I want to do and be. I agree. I can, I can relate to that completely because I was like, Oh, I want to coach. I want to coach people all day long. I never knew that owning your own business. I mean, I knew, but I just didn't think about it. Right. That I'd have to be the bookkeeper and the 
finance and the marketing person and the salesperson and all of that, right? I just wanted to coach. But so yes, being an entrepreneur, you have to do the, all of it. Luckily, we've hired help to do the things that I would say I'm not an expert in or I'm not aligned with that don't light me up. But you know, it, it, they are those things. So it's so, it's so true what you're saying. Yeah, and we we lose track if if we can't even lose track of why we're here when we get deep into these details. So we we always just come back to it. What's my why? Mm-hmm. Ah, oh yeah, um, I'm I'm changing lives or I'm helping people, and at the same time, I'm growing myself, and that's that's what's so much fun for me right now. Hmm. Absolutely. So you've had this long career, you've changed careers. I'm curious to know what are some of the challenges you've had along the way? You've talked about a few of them, but would like to, you know, maybe hear a little bit more about the challenges. And then on the flip side, I'll ask you after after that about some of the, the moments you've been most proud of along the way too. Well, let's see, you know, I, I always think back to this one situation at Disney because there was a, a lesson in it. And I was managing infant hard lines for North America, which is basically everything for babies that you would find at Target or Walmart in the baby department. So it was fun. And I I had a buyer at Walmart that came to us and said that she was going to throw Winnie the Pooh out if we Oh no. If we didn't give her what she wanted, she wanted classic poo. We won't go into the details, but it was basically a line that we had for our upstairs channels of distribution. Okay. Walmart was pretty important. I would lose 30% of my volume if I did, if she did throw any of the poo out. And I don't know how serious she was about that. I'm sure she would do something, you know, because she, they love to leverage their power. And of course, Disney loves to leverage their power. Um, but looking at that, it's like, okay, we, if we gave her that, we would lose our upstairs business because now they would go, why would we carry one in the poo when Walmart, I mean, classic poo when Walmart's carrying it? undercut us in price. So we said, we've got to come up with something. And our team, our creative team was amazing. We came up with a solution and asked Walmart, would you consider looking at uh, a look, a distinctive look that you can own? And they said, okay, we'll look at it. They weren't, that wasn't really what they want. We really think classic poo is the answer. Because I said, why do you want classic poo? Why do you want it? And so in listening to that, that's what we said. Okay, so we went to the creative drawing board and we came up with three amazing looks. We went to them and they walked into the meeting wanting to hate what they saw and say, no, you want classic poo? (laughs) You knew that was their mindset. Right, right. To blow somebody away when they already have a certain mindset that's negative is, is even harder. But we did it. They loved it. And the product ended up being called Days of Honey. And when it did come into retail, everything sold two to three times what it had replaced. And so not only did we not lose 30% of our business, our business went up by 20 to 30%, or at least that part of the business went up by that much. And so we all learned a lesson in we need to continually innovate was part of the reason Walmart was asking the question. They were seeing, you know, it was still good sales, but not as good as maybe their top seller now or as good as it used to be. And so innovation became, I learned a lot about innovation during that, that we need to continually look at how can we make it better? When is something starting to get old? Or can we have something ready before it gets old? That kind of thing. 
Yeah. Well, and speaking of innovation, first of all, I love that you shared that that example. It's such a great example of of being challenged and then something good coming out of the end of that challenge. You know, and going back to our COVID discussion, you know, I know COVID has been a challenge. You opened up a yoga studio right it was right before COVID, right? Yeah, 6 months before. Okay, and tell us about that. How was that Ben, I mean, I'm sure that was a challenge for a small, new small business owner transitioning into a new career. And tell us how you've gotten through that and how you're holding up. Yeah, opening a new business like a yoga studio. I mean, it's there. Yoga studios aren't known for being, you know, hugely profitable or hugely big business, but you do it. Many of us out of a labor of love, and so six months into it we were shut down and we, we had just been through January, February, March where, you know, everybody comes back with their New Year's resolutions. They're ready to establish a practice and they're ready to sign up. And so things were going well. And come March 16th, you know, 10 o'clock PM, we got the, it came on the news. That's how I found out. It wasn't like, you know, they call all the small businesses. You <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. So I, we were already going to open at six in the morning. So we did, we actually had a yoga class that next morning. And then we closed after the class. And wow, we, we had to, I, it was basically me figuring out, okay, we've got to get online. We were a in-person yoga studio owner, like a business, like so many yoga studios. We got to go online. We got to do it fast. People need yoga. And I saw, because I'm on a lot of mailing lists, that other yoga studios were doing it pretty fast. So within one week, we were up and running with a full schedule of live stream classes, the teachers teaching from their homes. So that was one step, but there was so much to it. The technology, which, you know, I, I'm definitely, I'm in my 60s. We're known for not being so good at that, but you just suck it up and do it and figure it out and get on these chats with other yoga studio owners or whatever. And we got, we learned what technology, what's good in a yoga studio room for microphones, because you've got these big cavernous walls, you don't have bookshelves and things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, PPP applications was, was the toughest for small businesses because it was, they were pretty extensive. And then the shutdowns or the reopenings and then the shutdown again. And what are all the rules when we reopen and following all of that? So there was a lot and we lost members. I was, I have to admit, I was jealous of other studios that had been around longer and they had full, you know, mailing lists. They had ongoing memberships. Many people kept their memberships going at some other studios and and even ours just to support the studios because we are small businesses and they showed up for the live stream classes. We created a database. But I did, because I had the tools of yoga, this time I, I, was, I was using those tools every day. What am I supposed to be learning from this? And when I look back, all this technology, getting our business online, I wouldn't have wanted to do it so fast if I had yeah. it. But building a whole database of 150 plus classes, some of them, you know, just half hour neck and shoulder, or just got off of work and you want to do a quick flow or you need a stretching session. So we did a lot of really creative things with that. And people got to know the teachers because they were streaming from their homes. And so I did, I would just tell myself over and over, what am I supposed to be learning? What am I supposed to be? Let's be depressed for a minute, but what can we do? What can I do? 
to use this situation to our best of our ability and to still meet our needs. And I started a philosophy workshop and people thanked me every day for that because it was these kind of tools I was bringing to them. And they would, they would write me emails. I don't know what, what I do without you. Or they'd tell me in, in some of the live streams, I don't know what I'd do without this and this community. Or they'd write me an email, you know, I'm scared. And we would go back and forth with stuff. And so the small community we had got in closer. And now we're back on track. Well, we're growing again. We won't say that we're profitable yet. We're still new. We're, we're actually getting to do a, an opening 2.0, as you said, like a career 2.0. We're doing our opening as a 2.0. And it's fun because I feel like I know a little more what I'm doing now. I'm less fearful. I think I was a little afraid. What if the studio is not successful? And some of that fear was kind of coming into it. And now I can see it a little better. Mm, I love that. So thank you for sharing all of that, your challenges, your struggles. And I just love that you pivoted and you've now in your career 2.0, you opened a yoga studio. You've made this huge career transition. What are you most proud of now? I'm most proud that I am living my dream. And just like I said earlier, you never really get there. So I had this dream of opening a yoga studio. And then, of course, the challenges came, the COVID challenges, and just some of the other little details that goes into a studio that I never really thought about. But I have the tools. I My job is to share these tools. So I get to relearn and, uh, I guess, embody them better and better as I go through these challenges. So yeah, I have more to go. I have new things that I want to do with my dream of helping people. I think I got clearer on on wanting to help people move up their spiritual path, whether it be just coming into a physical practice, which is so much, we get so much from the physical part of it. Our health and wellness depends on us doing something whether it's walking or yoga or some other athletic things, but we need to move these. Yeah. Yeah. I want to bring the philosophy to people in a bigger way. Yeah. And I love, like I said in the beginning, I love that you have this intersection and this background of you have your corporate career, you were well-established, you were super successful, had challenges along the way, like we all do. And now you've completely pivoted to this second career owning a yoga studio, going through one of the hardest times, you know, opening six months prior to a global pandemic, going through literally one of the, probably the hardest year and a half any small business owner could go through. So I can completely relate and understand trying to build a business in, in a pandemic. So I would love to hear from you. What are three leadership lessons that people can learn from yoga practice where this intersection comes into play with your experience of corporate and now as a yoga instructor and yoga studio owner? Well, first, you need to lead by example. You need to embody what it is that you are bringing to others or that you want to bring to others. And so for me, how you, I think I mentioned this earlier, how you do anything is how you do everything. How you show up to people, they know when you're showing up as your authentic self, where are you coming from when you, when you show up? So embodying self-awareness in yoga is called Svadhyaya. It's 
it's reflecting upon yourself, watching yourself almost like a third person or a witness, watching yourself in action to reflect upon your thoughts, your emotions, your habits, your beliefs. What are the beliefs behind your actions, your desires? And you observe yourself without judgment. And that's the key. We are so... Do you ever notice if you watch your thoughts that you're usually, we're, I, if you're like me, you're beating yourself up about something you could have done better or why did you say that or why did you do that? That's not very yogi of me. Sometimes I'll say, oh my gosh, I wasn't very yogi in that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I just did a whole, I just I did a series on the inner saboteur and that's exactly what I talked about is that inner critic that we all have inside of us. And we're so used to it. We forget they're there, but we need to back exactly. notice uh, what are we judging ourselves about? What what triggers when we have automatic responses or we, we respond emotionally? What's triggering it when people push our buttons? It's usually something inside us. And but yet we're putting it out on them or on circumstances You'll start to, when you do this regularly, and it's a practice, that's the thing. Life is a journey. Yoga is a practice. All of these leadership or things that we learn are are practices. So you have to keep looking at your thoughts and reactions. And and it kind of, it's like a mirror you take to your life. And what happens is it reflects back to you what's happening inside you. Often when somebody gets on your nerves, that's usually because of something inside you that you don't. That is just turning things around from what I grew up, you know, believing. We've got our, we've got our true self, our authentic self. Some people call that the higher self, the best self, but we also have our small self and that small self is ego driven. It's, it was, it was created by our conditioning. We grew up in a family. We grew up in a society. We have ideas of what how we think the world works we we have ideas of who we think we are and as soon as we think we're separate from everything else we're focusing on i me mine what's in it for me and that's ego that small self and usually um it's the it's the ego that is trying to find fulfillment outside of ourselves and as long as we're pursuing that we really aren't going to find the happiness that we're seeking so if we can back off and see when e- ego is taking over, and it doesn't mean we can eliminate it, and we don't necessarily want to eliminate it, the ego is there for a purpose. We just want to be aware and on purpose if possible, or, you know, at least, oh, catching yourself right after the fact. That was a little bit too much ego, or the ego got me, oh, you know, I, don't beat yourself up too much, but notice, observe. Um I want to move on to also holistic self-care. And I think I mentioned that um, it's important as a leader to take care of yourself. And if you don't do it, you're setting the example for your team and you know your leaders above you are doing the same for you. So say your boss never takes a vacation, I guess you're going to feel guilty if you take one. Or And I'm usually using that as, a, as an example. Right. Your boss works is on email 24/7 or you, this is how you operate, you expect people to answer at 11 p.m. or whatever. Then that's going to be the message you're sending that how they should operate. And if everybody is not taking care of themselves and, and especially you because you can only really worry about yourself, you are not, you are actually hurting yourself and in the end your productivity is going down and it's hard to look at that in the moment. When there's a big project, 
you're, you're like, I'll do that next week or, you know, but you have to have some practices in your daily habits. And for most of us, we can't just, like you said, throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> right. I'm going to change my life completely. I'm going to have this amazing healthy diet. I'm going to work out five times a day or, I mean, a week <laughs> or whatever it is that we would say that we need all the things that we need to do to be healthy. But start from where you are, pick one thing that you think you'll be successful at and, and do it daily. Maybe it's just getting rid of the people on your social media that bring you down, unfollow. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just a little time for play, not much, or a little bit for relaxation. Maybe it's an Epsom salt bath, depending on if that's something that, you know, feels good for you. It's that, and that's the thing I was also talking about. There's no two, no one solution that works for everybody. So as you learn about yourself and what makes you feel just a little better, a little more relaxed. Find a way to keep that in your life. And then as that becomes a habit, then you add something else. Maybe now the first thing is is a little bit of, of relaxation built into your daily life. Maybe the next thing is one healthier thing that you're going to do with nutrition. Yeah. You just do that one thing and sure. celebrate the success. And then also a growth mindset. So and we I touched on that earlier, but we are not happy unless we're growing. So as soon as you do achieve that amazing goal, say you you get to the place in your business, you've set a goal for revenue or whatever it is, right? And you get there, mm-hmm. happy, I'll tell you, you'll be, I mean, you'll probably be thrilled. Oh my gosh, I, if you do take a moment to say, what have I done? I've really done a great thing. But by then you're going to want something else. And we should have a growth mindset. And when I talk about that, I think it should be mostly in when challenges come up. How can we grow from the challenges? Because it is the challenges that usually make us grow. If you look back on your life, Mm -hmm. did you decide you needed to be even better than you already were when you were amazing? (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, it's so true. We're so fearful of taking risks and and putting ourselves out there and maybe doing something vulnerable. And yet those are the things that build the confidence to keep doing the thing. And then whenever we're, we have a rough patch, it's always those times that we look back on and say, oh my gosh, I grew so much. And we do have, you know, our comfort zones. And yes, think about it. As many of your listeners probably are successful career people, we've expanded our our comfort zones, hopefully a lot. We get up in front of people, we present, we do things that other people would be afraid to do, but there's still always more. We need to get beyond that even more. And and if we start to pull back from our comfort zone and stay in our comfort zone, then fear starts coming up. Um, fear of what are people going to think of me if I, you know, this successful person goes out and does something that then fails. Or, you know, we find this way now to fear losing what we gained. You know, I've heard of very wealthy people being worried, right, of losing their wealth, concerned that people only want to be their friends because of their wealth. So what what's really important? Let's let's keep growing wherever we are and be open and and just re- remember that we create our own reality. So when challenges come up, what are we going to do? about it. How can we, if something bad has happened, how can we learn from it? Yes, look at that. And then how can we go forward? And I, there is this one um, quote that, which I think is a good one. I don't know if, if you like this one, but 
your beliefs become your thoughts, your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your values, your values become your destiny. And it all starts with thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And I'm, I'm so appreciative that you shared all of that. I'm curious Kind of one last question before we close out our conversation. I have a lot of clients and people listening to the podcast that say, wow, I wish, you know, I'm in a corporate position. My dream is to open a yoga studio. My dream is to become a chef. My dream is to do something completely different. We just talked about fear. How did you have the courage and not let fear get in the way when you were doing this huge career shift in your life? Well, it was there. (laughs) (laughs) But how did you not let it stop you? How did you continue moving through it? I think that's where knowing some of the philosophy, you know, you, when you know that something is a false fear, then you can somehow get that, the guts to get out there and just do it anyway. Um, Isn't that a phrase like, you know, do something that scares you or, or be, be afraid and do it anyway. Really going to eliminate the fear. It's such a natural thing. And, and so you just, you have to get out there and do it. And I don't know. It's just step by step. So maybe it's not, okay, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to open a yoga studio. We got to start somewhere. In my case, I just started doing research on it and I started realizing what was it going to take. I, you know, and I kept, working, but I moved more into consulting and, or, or that sort of happened in a way, like it all sort of sometimes works out that way. Yeah. Um, and when, when I found myself in a consulting role and learning more about what makes me happy and looking at those things that light me up, one of them was yoga. I had practiced it regularly and I realized that that was something I wanted to do more of or have it be a bigger part of my life. So teacher training. I didn't take it to be a teacher. I just took it to potentially be a yoga studio owner and hire teachers. But my path led me to try teaching because now I have the training and I was consulting, but I had time to get out there and teach. So I did. I did both. I taught and I consult. So I had a had my let my feet in both doors at the same time for a while. Full time, I knew my heart was in the teaching and not in the other. So I wanted to get all the way there, but I also didn't want there's there is a stress that comes with jumping full in. And maybe that's right for some people. You have to look at your your own situation. Maybe that's right to quit and jump full in, do it, make it happen. But Try not to set yourself up for complete stress. If you really are having to take care of your own financial, uh, you don't have the backup, then maybe you need a longer plan, but be taking steps in the direction of your plan every single day. And I think um, I've mentioned to you in another conversation that I had, I have this plan. I knew how much it would cost. I knew what was important to me about it. And all of a sudden, after one of my classes, a, a student's one student said, oh, I really love your class. I look forward to it. It was a corporate class. So they were coming down from their corporate jobs to take my class at, at lunchtime. And I said, thanks. And another student piped up and said, you should open your own stu- your own yoga studio. I go, I'd love that. You want to invest? She said, yes. 
<laughs> I had to go, what? <laughs> yeah. Next minute or the next week, I was at her house. I showed her my numbers, which happened to already be prepared. She said, this is doable. Let's look for space. Or basically go look for space because it's, it's yeah. making it happen. But she's she supported the opening. It's incredible. Well, I love what you're sharing. And you know what I'm hearing is one, you have to decide your risk tolerance. So you don't have to just jump off the cliff. You can slowly build a bridge to the other side uh, with a plan, with a clearly defined plan. Be working on that plan all the time, taking small steps. That's what I did. I started my own private practice while I was still working full time. And yes, it was stressful. There were days I was working a ton of hours. But the truth of the matter is I couldn't wait to get home and to see my clients in the evenings and on the weekends because that was what my light was about. And I was getting so filled up that I knew that this was going to be my journey. I didn't know how exactly or when. But the reality is, is I got a chance to try it on and to test it before I made some radical decision in going in a direction that maybe I wouldn't have liked. And so it's such a good test, right? A test arena for you to figure out what, you know, hey, hey, is this what I want? And then I love what you said too about spotting the opportunities and asking for what you want. You know, not only were you prepared, you had all this research, but you asked and and you put it out there. And so kudos to you. Your journey is so inspiring. I'm so grateful for the lessons you shared with my audience today. Um, I've enjoyed the conversations you and I have had and would love it if you have kind of one last insight or words of wisdom for my audience before we close out our conversation. Well, in terms of the yoga space and the holistic taking care of yourself, if you don't meditate, can you maybe take five minutes a day and quiet your mind? What that does is it opens up it opens up space for inspiration. Now, for some people, that would be the worst thing they can imagine doing with their time ever because we are action-oriented, and many of us in the corporate world, if that just sounds like something that you can't do. And, and there are apps out there, Calm, Headspace, some other things that can help make that journey a little bit easier. But if you can't do that, maybe take a yoga class or some movement Yoga is great because, and there are different kinds of yoga, so you have to find the one that works for you and commit to it at least a couple times a week. And you can do yoga online where where it doesn't have to be as long of a segment. It could be, there's some 15 minute segments out there. So it doesn't have to be a commitment, a big commitment, but try it on. Believe that you're worth the time and effort. And if it's not yoga and meditation, you know, find that thing that, gives you that holistic health that you need to keep up. <laughs> yes. I love the the I love the final message of the day being take care of yourself because so often, especially as women, we're taking care of everyone else. We're taking care of our teams, our kids, our family, our spouses, and we're not really taking care of ourselves. So I love that that's the final message. You've shared so much and getting people inspired to move their bodies and to start a new practice. I know you've been very generous and you've offered the audience listening to sign up for a free class with you. It could be virtual or in person. And um, I know you mentioned that if they go to your website, which is hometown yoga, it's H O M like Om, H O M T O W N yoga.com. 
they can sign up for a class and then use the code free class to sign up for one of your classes. And I know you're gifting that, which I completely appreciate. And so you've also been super generous. I know you have a 40-minute webinar where you talk about a lot of the things we spoke about today around really reigniting the passion for your career with yoga. And you mentioned that people can find more information on your website um, to attend the webinar. So do you have anything else to add before we close out? The only thing I would say is believe that you are worth the time and effort. Oh, great closing words. I've loved this conversation. Maddie, thank you for being here today. I've really appreciated and enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now. Oh, 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 oh,